I'm Mark Pender for Econa Day with Mark Rogers, senior economist with Econa Day. We just can't seem to get past taper talk about the Fed. Uh, there's both Fed speak and uh, back and forth uh, by uh, investors and whether economic data are good news or bad news. Uh, let's start off very quickly with a recap of uh, Fed speak from last week. Well, you're exactly right. It, it's really about taper talk and whether good news is bad news related to taper talk. Last week, we had Atlanta Fed President Dennis Lockhart talking about the economic picture being too mixed to determine the exit strategy yet. And also, St. Louis Fed Reserve President James Bullard said basically the same thing you know, just waiting on the data. But Thursday, uh, and we, we had a better than expected jobless claims report. So markets basically reacted in terms of that means early Fed tapering. But uh, the Fed keeps saying, we don't know yet. So you know, we're going to have to look ahead to this week. Well, with September coming around, and that's the you know the expected date of some kind of action, we're kind of running out of time, and we have a ton of Fed speak uh, this week, uh, and the big items being Wednesday's uh, FOMC meeting. This was from uh, the July 30, uh, 31 meeting. Uh, let's start there. What are you looking for on on the minutes? Well, again, uh, we had one. Well, this time it changed. We had one dissent from Kansas City's Esther George, president of uh, that district bank. And this time, uh, St. Louis Fed's James Bullard chose not to dissent in the other direction. She wanted uh, tapering sooner than later, and Bullard, prior meeting, wanted uh, to actually consider further easing. So he pulled back on that position. But uh, basically, Traders are going to focus on the debate on when to taper and what the thresholds are going to be and what kind of data the Fed needs to see to taper. So uh, the minutes could clearly move the markets on Wednesday. And while then on Thursday we have the Jackson Hole Conference begins and uh, Janet Yellen, uh, the current uh, uh, vice chair, who goes along with the majority on the Fed, uh, is going to be a center stage. Uh, whether or not she says anything is still uncertain. Uh, Mark, uh, uh, work us through what to expect and what to look for for the Jackson Hole Conference. Well, uh, it's, it's the Jackson Hole Conference and also any other Fed speak, and just you know, get it out of the way. The other Fed speak is Dallas Fed Fisher speaking on Thursday, and he's a well-known hawk wanting early tapering, uh, basically believing that the, the benefits of current quantitative easing um, are essentially less than the costs in terms of future inflation and compli complications for the financial markets. But um, indeed, we do have Jackson Hole coming up, and there are a lot of 
items about this conference that are very atypical. Number one, Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke is not going to attend. And you know, th this is my personal opinion. I, I think it's his way of uh, gracefully bowing out as chairman of the Fed and that you know, he wants to let others um, rise to the forefront in terms of who the president considers to be the best pick for the next chairman. And one of those people on the list is Vice Chair uh, Janet Yellen. Now, she will be conducting or moderating some sessions at the, the Jackson Hole meeting. And what's interesting, historically, Jackson Hole has been an inter very internal conference within the Fed. Long ago, it was intended as uh, the Fed is going to, to have officials meet. They're going to talk you know, within themselves, hash out new ideas, uh, talk about the latest research. But in recent years, the media has really jumped on it and tried to you know, basically get key media comments out of uh, different officials attending. So if Janet Yellen uh, moves out of the moderator mode, you know, the moderator mode, it, it's really pretty neutral. It's just uh, moving along in terms of, you know, what's this session about and then conducting in terms of, you know, who's presenting what and what good questions are and just basically passing the baton, baton along between the participants. But uh, the press is going to be looking at every single word that she's going to be saying. And uh, what are your thoughts on, on uh, as Janet Yellen as a potential uh, Fed chair? The, she's generally considered to, to be a dove. Is, uh, would it be more of, of the same, just um, uh, the same kind of uh, Ben Bernanke policy that, that we've seen? Well, she, she currently can be considered a dove, but I can personally consider her to be a very practical Fed um, official. I've, I've met with her when I was at the Atlanta Fed and had discussions. She, she is a very thoughtful person. She would be clearly on the dovish side currently, but uh, she's very practical. And odds are, uh, given the proper conditions, she could also turn hawkish. She's just very practical. Uh, of course, there's you know, a good length short list that President Obama is looking at for the next Fed chairman. Uh, you know, it's not just Janet Yellen. It could be uh, Tim Geithner, the Treasury Secretary, and there are others. And Lauren Summers, uh, chief among the others. Larry Summers is one on the on you know near the top of the list. Any comments on on uh, Mr. Summers? 
he is a controversial person, and I will leave it at that. Well, let's move right on to the actual economic data on the Econa Day calendar. We have housing uh, data on tap, and housing is a very interesting uh, sector right now, a leading sector. Home prices are up, but we have mortgage rates are up. What are you looking for on the existing home sales on Wednesday? Uh, basically, I'll... I'll the big issue actually is very atypical. Uh, the fundamentals for home sales are improving, I believe, despite the, the rise in mortgage rates. The mortgage rates have risen, but not actually not dramatically. The big issue month to month is actually going to be the weather. We've had extremely atypically wet weather on the east coast which when you take into seasonal factors that generally go back five years for the calculations uh, the wet weather may have more impact month to month than the fundamental so so the adjustments will exaggerate that weather effect exactly so uh, traders need to keep into account the seasonal factors, the atypical wet weather, but then at the same time, take into account fundamentals. We're seeing modest improvement in the labor market. Uh, mortgage rates are up, but not dramatically. So uh, basically, uh, traders are expecting an improvement in existing home sales for July and also um, looks like there's going to be expectations for a, a slight dip in new home sales, but uh, the changes are very marginal. And I, I think the key point is not to overreact to uh, this week's existing or new home sales numbers because of the weather issue. Well, and to talk about new home sales, uh, there's a constraining factor, and that is the availability of new home sales. Uh, their uh, construction. Last week, we saw uh, housing starts, I thought, and, and housing permits come in uh, on the surprisingly soft side, especially compared to the uh, survey from the National Home Builders, which is really uh, at an all-time uh, high for the recovery, going back into the to the last bubble. Uh, any comments well, that, on that? That's, that's sort of related to my point. It looks like weather is having an adverse impact on the month-to-month -month changes, but home builders want to uh, boost production or construction but they're being limited by you know, basically soggy ground. Now we also have manufacturing data and the manufacturing sector really, it may have given us a bit of a head fake. It kind of sputtered through the first half of the year, began to pick up in the beginning of the summer. And then the latest data seems to have been uh, a little bit soggy to, to use your phrase. Now we have the PMI manufacturing flash index, which is a national uh, uh, the first national indication on August conditions, as well as the Kansas City uh, Fed Manufacturing Index also on Thursday. Uh, what's your take on manufacturing? Uh, manufacturing's an important sector, and we need to rely on it for job improvement, and in recent months, we've just not been getting it. The latest national number for 
for July was a flat production figure and the manufacturing component actually slipped 0.1%. So we're, we're in a very sluggish mode for manufacturing due to recent recession in Europe and slowing growth in Asia. And uh, for you know, this week, you know, if we look back at last week, we, we had soft numbers for the Philly Fed and Empire State, but uh, there's some mixed numbers. Uh, there's the possibility of a little bit of an upswing. The market PMI manufacturing index for the latest report was up and uh, new orders were particularly positive at 55.5 with a, a notable gain from June with export orders up. So you know, there's the possibility of improvement for uh, market uh, flash this coming week for August and also for the Kansas City Fed, um, but uh, the signals are clearly mixed. Well now, and lastly, let's uh, look at jobless claims. The prior report uh, last week was very positive, recovery lows, uh, really uh, moving toward uh, real at uh, least improvement, some improvement for August. This report will be for the sample week for the monthly employment report, the weekly jobless claims data. Mark, if this report continues to be at uh, at the recovery lows, how is it that the, in the, that would really point to no worse than a steady employment report, which would be the last major piece of data? That the, the Fed would see before their September FOMC meeting, would it? Does this? I mean, what about the question of a good report on on Thursday with jobless claims locking in the possibility of a tapering? That's a big question. It, it's truly you know, the big question in terms of what traders are considering whether good news is good news or whether good news is bad news, and it's basically related to uh, when the economy gets off the so-called training wheels provided by the Fed's quantitative easing for the recovery. And at some point, good news should be good news. Uh, all, all Fed speak recently, even among the hawks, have been emphasizing that uh, retrenchment from quantitative easing is going to be very gradual, even I believe one official said gingerly, and that the change in policy is going to be in phases. There will be the reduction in quantitative easing, and then only later, after the reduction in quantitative easing, will policy rates slowly rise. So. They're going to be phases. <laughs> the training wheels are going to come off very slowly. And um, personally to me, it's uh, somewhat baffling about uh, the reaction of markets to tapering it. Um, the Fed is clearly signaling or telegraphing that policy changes are going to be very gradual. Well, thank, thank you, Mark. Uh, brush up on your Fed speak and your Federal Reserve. This is Mark Rogers for Econoday, and I'm Mark Pender for Econoday.